Hello, welcome to my channel. I'm Masood Raja and on this channel I introduce you to literature and fiction from all parts of the world but mostly from what we call the post-colonial world. Today I will be introducing you to one of the greatest fantasies from the Muslim world which existed about a thousand years ago even as an oral tale in Arabic and Persian and was eventually published and printed also in Urdu and it's called the Dastan of Amir Hamza. What I'm holding in my hand is the full translation of the Dastan of Amir Hamza by Musharraf Ali Farooqi. I have taught it. It's also available on Amazon and check it out. So Dastan of Amir Hamza, before I explain the plot or narrative strategies, I must first briefly talk about Dastan. Dastan tradition in Arabic, Persian, and Urdu corresponds to what we consider the epic tradition in the West. A Dastan is an expansive narrative that follows the exploits of one or two heroes sometimes over one lifetime, but sometimes over an extended period of time. A dastan also sometimes creates worlds of its own, so hence it also becomes kind of a fantasy. So dastan of Amir Hamza is part realistic, but part of it is absolutely fantasy because he travels to these fantastic lands. And that's how I read it, you know, as a fantastical epic. Now, historically, a dastan was meant for narration. So an, a narrator would gather in the court of a lord or in the public sphere and it would be announced that so-and-so will start a reading of Dastan of Amir Hamza, which in Farsi or Persian is called Hamza Nameh, right? And then these readings would be at different intervals and it would be an exchange between the reader and the audience. It was a performative genre of writing. And it was never really finished, of course, in one reading, but people would come from far off places because they would say, oh, there is a reading of Amir Hamza going on in Lucknow, and they will come once a week or once a month whenever the reader whose technical term was Dastan Go, right, the storyteller. And there would be prominent storytellers who were patronized by the rich and who also made a living at it. So keep all of these things in mind because the Dastan of Amir Hamza has a lot of reputation and that is the formulaic reputation that you expect in an epic. If you have read your Iliad, you know that there are certain moments where he, uh, Homer is telling us how a hero prepares, right? That's a repetitive, formulaic part of an oral narrative that carries it forward. There are also, like in the Iliad, there are three Aristias, right? When the hero rides out to fight, Agamemnon does that, Patroclus does that, and finally, you know, Achilles does that. So 
There are some similarities, but this is a quintessentially Persian, Arabic, and then Urdu art form. So coming to the Dastan of Amir Hamza, it is the story of Amir Hamza, who is a warrior prince and is loosely based in Hamza, the uncle of Prophet Muhammad, and he was famous for his bravery. But the timeline of the story is set before the rise of Islam, so it precedes it. Now Hamza was born in Makkah, and he has two companions who were born at the same instant as he is born. There is Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib, there is Amr, and there is Mukbil. They become childhood friends. Now Hamza is from a noble family, Amr is from the son of one of their servants, and so is Mukbil. And that is kind of their defined relationship as they grow older, but three of them are considered gifted children and their arrival was foreseen and foretold to the then vizier or minister of the king of Persia, Noshirwan. And this vizier's name is Bazurj Mahar. He is a really wise man and he tells the Persian king, there are three children going to be born in the city of Mecca and I need to go there and welcome them because they have they will have a huge role in the future of your empire. So that's how Bazurj Mahar enters the story. So obviously I can't sum up the whole Dastan here, but just the brief nuggets of information here and, and there. As these children are growing, each one of them receives certain gifts from God Almighty through different figures. So Hamza gets the gift that for as long as he's alive, no one will defeat him in battle. He also gets the gift of the secret Isme Azam, the great name, which is a myth in the Islamic tradition, that if he needs, he could just say that secret word and all help will be granted to him. And if he puts his hands to something and wants to lift it up, he would be able to lift it. So if you see that all the gifts associated with Hamza are the gifts of a warrior. So he gets those gifts. And then as they grow older, they accrue more divine gifts. But that's a longer story. Amr, who was the son of a servant, and who this he is like an absolutely unlikable child and unlikable character as he grows. He's greedy insatiable and very vindictive, right? But he is also the trickster figure in the novel. So the gifts that he gets is one of them is that he can outrun any living thing on the planet, right? Uh, he gets a small bag, which is called a zambil. It, it's a bag which is unfillable. Anything that he acquires, he can just put it in that bag and it, it doesn't weigh anything. And so there are, there are stories within stories as you read the Dastan as to what exists in his Zambil. And he gets what is called the Lahne Daudi, the Song of David, that when he wants to perform, he can sing so beautifully that he can put people in a trance. These are some of his gifts. But he is a trickster figure. As, as he grows older, his role is to support Hamza, 
actually being a foil of Hamza because Hamza is loyal and trusting and Amr is completely untrusting and suspicious of everyone. So they they support each other throughout the Dastan. And then Mukbil, whose title is Wafadar Mukbil the Loyal, he gets the gift that he gets this bow and a quiver which will never empty and he never loses his if he shoots an arrow, it never misses a target. Mukbal Wafadar eventually becomes a less important character in the Dastan because his role is just to manage Hamza's military camp. It's Amr and Hamza who carry the narrative. Now, the way the Dastan is set is the children, as they grow up, they go to Iran, they go to Noshirwan's court, and that's where they get caught into the court politics. There is a good side led by Bazurj Mahar, right, the vice, and there is a bad side led by Bakhtak, who is kind of a terrible human being, and they both fight. Bakhtak's role is to try to undermine Hamza because he's an Arab, he's an outsider, and Bakhtak hates him. And Bazurjmar's job is to advise Hamza and to save, you know, safeguard for him. And then as Hamza grows older, he defeats all the Iranian champions. And then he journeys to India, where he defeats the Indian king, Landhol, right? And everyone that Hamza defeats he gives them an option, either join me and I'll forgive you and bring your army, armies and be a part of my entourage, or, you know, I will defeat you, I don't want to kill you. So that's the option that he gives everyone. So throughout the narrative, Hamza then keeps growing his armies and his followers, and he also has multiple lovers and wives, so he has a lot of children. Amr, on the other hand, also is producing babies, but he's also gathering a lot of wealth, but he's still greedy and insatiable, and he has his own parallel adventures, mostly in sync with Hamza's mission. Now, there are side stories within the narrative. There is one whole part of the story where Hamza enters what is called Paristan, the land of the fairies, and he fights a war there on behalf of the fairy queen and marries her. Her name is Asman Pari, has children from her, but then he comes back to the human realm. So overall, the epic is driven by action and the actions are always kind of flat because we always know that Hamza is going to win. The intrigue is added by introducing new villainous characters and fun is added by what Amr is up to. Right? How does he try to figure out to outmaneuver the enemies? Because while Hamza is going to fight them in the battle, Amr and his students are going to try to undermine the enemy beforehand. So it's like high-intensity intelligence operations. And that's what carries the whole narrative all the way to the end, to Hamza's death. Finally, that when he has lived a full life of the hero. Now, a few things to keep in mind. Uh, it does become repetitive, and the translation, even though it is a literal translation by Musharraf Ali Faruqi, who absolutely knows his Urdu and who set out to do a word-to-word -word translation, it still doesn't carry the originality, the beauty of the 
Persian version or the Urdu version. And the other thing to keep in mind, of course, is that this is not supposed to be a text that we read. It's a text that ought to be performed. It's a story that needs to be read over different public sessions. So when we reduce it to act of private reading, we are taking a lot out of it. But those of you who like fantasy and who would like to read a fantastical epic from a completely different culture and from a completely different tradition, and if you're not, you know, too bothered about story being a bit flat sometimes and things being repetitive, but if you're interested at least in reading a story that is an epic, that is partly fantastical, partly heroic, has battles in it, has battle strategies in it, and a story that can give you access to this completely different culture, but also the culture of storytelling in these different cultures, I will highly recommend it. Uh, I am not even sure where to list it on the channel. I think I'm going to put it under Asian literature, but this could be Arabic, this could be Persian, this could be Urdu, and now since it exists in English, it could be in English. The Urdu versions are available, of course, online. There is a website that carries them. If you would like to read, those of you who know Urdu, I highly recommend it. But if you only can access the English text, I highly recommend that you try the English version of Dastan of Amir Hamza. The translation is about 850 pages. So if you do that, let me know what you think. Let me know how you found the story and did it carry you through all the way to the end and uh, your first impressions of it. And, of course, if you have any cultural-specific questions about it, I'll be very happy to answer those. Thank you so much for your time. I will now see you next time. Until then, as always, peace and love.